This Wellness Couch podcast proudly brought to you by the Wellness Base Camp in Perth, our first ever event in WA. This Saturday, April 6th at the Royal Perth Yacht Club featuring some of your favorite Wellness Couch podcasters. For last minute tickets and all info, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. Kombucha Zest have a unique brewing process, which does not just produce any old kombucha. With over 18 flavors being crafted by their super team, they not only have the best tasting kombucha, but I personally love that you can go and have a hands-on um, you know, experience where you can head to your local market or cafe and refill your bottles or get a glass and, and enjoy it that way as well. Their kombucha is full of health benefits, like all great ferments, including detoxifying through gluconic acids and probiotics, those good bugs in your gut, boosting energy with enzymes and B vitamins, and giving you mental clarity from all of the antioxidants. The perfect replacement for uh, that afternoon coffee or sugar craving, you know, if, you, if you're wanting a chocolate fix, kombucha is perfect. I recommend you try it. For me, uh, getting on board with local, innovative, and colorful people and companies, the Kombucha Zest Boys and Girls, um, it's, it's really a highlight of my job, and I'm so excited to have them on board. They allow me to bring you the Naked Naturopaths. So I encourage you to get on their website. It's kombuchazest.com, and check out their beautiful, beautiful ferment products and try them today. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. My name is Melissa Gearing, and I am the Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. So on today's cast, I have a fellow naturopath and nutritionist. Tasha is from Melbourne and has a business called Conceive Baby, where she works with couples to optimize fertility health. She is passionate about sharing uh, both her own journey and her extensive knowledge. You have written for the Herald Sun, the Sunday Herald, a host of pharmaceutical and medical journals. Um, You've been on Carrie Ann Morning Show, radio, and spoken at expos, conferences, and seminars all over the world. And that's not it. You have two books, and you've made two lives using your own medicine. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the podcast, Tasha. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, you know, I went all out and you received one of my longer intros, but you certainly deserve it. Um, <laughs> that's a really nice resume. Oh, thank you. It's just a real passion of mine, you know, helping people optimize their fertility well-being to, you know, create those healthy pregnancies and healthy families that, that most people dream of is just such a thrill. So, yeah, I love it. Well, tell me in your own words, you know, like, I've told I've told the listeners a bit about you, but in your own words, I'd love to hear you know what exactly uh, you do and and how you came to do it. I guess because uh, as naturopaths, we have a choice in which road we kind of take, um, and you've chosen to go down the fertility road. So I'd say you you know you have a little story there. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really, I think, more of a calling, which I think a lot of naturopaths do feel. It was more a pull in this direction. And it did stem from a personal journey. I I think, you know, there's a lot of people in similar situations. And, you know, I was a healthy 30-year-old. I was was very healthy. I was a naturopath. I wasn't specializing at the time, but I knew the textbook menstrual cycle inside out. So I thought, hey, I'll be able to get pregnant easily. And so it came as a real shock to me when we had difficulties 
And so I realized that I knew, yeah, textbook cycle inside out, but I didn't know what was going on inside my own body. I felt a, a failure as a naturopath. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But it made me realize, well, if I didn't really, wasn't really aware and you know, we really aren't until we actually want to have kids. There's no reason to pay attention to our cycles unless there's any issues. Mm -hmm. And I never had had any issues to to speak of. So, yeah, so there's probably so many other people in that situation. I was lucky enough. I'm a naturopath. My husband's a cardiologist. You know, we had, I guess, information at our fingertips that our fertility journey was fairly short compared to so many people I speak to. But it was because of that information it was short and we were able to help ourselves and, and, and achieve our two beautiful children we now have. So became passionate about helping other people get access to that type of information. Yeah, to share it. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, part of um, part of being a naturopath, I guess, that nobody really tells you when you study is that you essentially become um, an educator of sorts because mm. you are sharing so much information and you're continually researching and you're going back to tell the client that information and so that they can put it into practice. Absolutely. And I, I love education. I think it's empowering people to, you know, to with around their own fertility because it's something you can feel a little bit out of control with. You mm. don't know what to do or where to turn. And that's when I developed the Conceived Baby website really because, the internet is a, um, I guess, a scary place in some ways. <laughs> it's, a, it's, an, it's a great resource, but it can also be a place where there's a lot of misinformation, yes. a lot of misleading information, yeah. a lot of uneducated information, a lot of blogs. Um, so I really wanted to create a resource that had medical professionals, naturopaths, qualified experts that people can get access mm. to that type of information. And it seems really stemmed from there. And the webinar series, the podcast, I just mm. thought, well, what are other avenues that I can help to to share this information with people who are struggling? Your website is yeah. amazing and you have probably the most free content that I've ever seen <laughs> on a <laughs> website. It, like you can just access so much and so yeah. much information from like a basic level about you know what you know what is what is my fertility like you know to what is MTHFR and and some of that really nitty gritty stuff because um, I guess things can get pretty complex when we're talking about fertility right absolutely and there is so much that you need to know so definitely that's a great start as a free resource there's a lots of things and some couples that will be all they need mm. they tweak a few things in their diet they get their supplements they get the blood tests they recommend and that's all they need whereas other people it is a bit more complex and we do look at things like MTHFR. We look at antibodies. And my consultations is probably yourself, you know, go for at yeah. least an hour because as women we have had our eggs in our body for our whole life. In yeah. fact, before, our, before we were born, they were <laughs> developing our mother's womb. So her pregnancy affects our egg quality and the life that we've led affects our egg quality. Yeah. So I, I do a comprehensive case history because even things like eczemas, asthmas, allergies, those sorts of things can affect infections. And then I focus on that really important 90-day period prior to conception and that is when you can have the most influence over the health of your eggs is in that 90 days prior to conception. So I'm passionate about educating people around optimising those 90 days to not only achieve a pregnancy, obviously see people struggling, but to get the healthiest baby possible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was speaking to another naturopath about this and, you know, she's very passionate about you have this one chance to create 
um, that particular life. Yes, you may have multiple children, um, but you you have that one chance to conceive and, and create the best DNA. And um, also she mentioned the most aesthetically pleasing baby because when you create a beautiful, healthy baby, you um, you therefore create a better looking baby who is going to do better with, uh, you know, survival of the fittest and, and that kind of stuff. So it's fascinating. People don't and, realize. And there's so much you can do preconception. Yes. I think that's the yes. misperception that when you get pregnant, okay, then I'll be healthy and then I'll do all these things. But in some ways, it's actually more important preconception. Mm-hmm. It's actually the best investment in your child's future that you will ever make. And it's the cheapest as well. You know, forget yeah. <laughs> 50 grand on, on you know, kid education later on. Yeah. If you can help to build a better brain initially, yes. switch DNA on and off. You know, once you conceive, the DNA is somewhat set in stock. But prior to conception, you actually have the opportunity to improve the DNA that you pass on to your child. So it's in those 90 days prior to conception that the environment in which that egg is developing makes a huge difference on the quality of that egg, which is particularly important as we age as well because our eggs have less energy. They generally do get slightly poorer Mm. in quality. You know, it's just a natural fact. The aging process affects our whole body, (laughs) including our eggs. But it is those 90 days where most of the chromosomal changes which affect the viability of that egg occur. So you can increase your chance of producing a viable egg because the reality is we don't produce viable eggs every month. Mm. Even when we're healthy in our 20s, about 25% of the eggs that we release at ovulation aren't viable. They aren't mm. capable of making a baby. And so we have a natural attrition rate. We weren't meant to breed like rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have a natural attrition rate. And as we get older, you know, when we're in our 40s up to, you know, 70, 80, even 90% of those eggs won't be viable. So it does take longer to mm. conceive. So I always tell people there there is a natural time to conception, but you can improve your odds. You can stack the odds in your favour because age is only one factor and there are so many other factors that we can improve to improve your chances of producing a viable egg and a really healthy egg. You know, that's, as I said, the best investment you can make in your child's future. I think people will be really surprised by some of those stats that you've got. Um, You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. I like people to know because I think, you know, once they haven't conceived for three months or even six months, I'm a failure. I'm, my body's not working. And absolutely, if you're, if you're probably over 30, over 35, you know, if you haven't conceived within six months, get some support Mm. and and, and do get a workup. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You just haven't conceived yet. We just need to optimize what you're doing and, you know, definitely get you on the way to pregnancy. Mm. It took me about seven months to fall with my um, little girl. Yeah. And about probably five months in, I was thinking, hey, maybe this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. And so mm-hmm. you started doing some herbs and taking, you know, some bits and pieces here and there. And then, um, yeah, seven months in, fell. And I, I say that not because it's a long time, but because for me it felt like forever. So yeah. you know, when those women are kind of coming back to me and they're like, look, you know, my doctor says it's normal, been trying for six months, um, even even longer, sometimes 12 months, like what, what, what can we do for them as naturopaths, you know, when they've been trying for that long and they haven't had any success? There's so much we can do to optimize egg quality, and that's the, the number one thing I work on. Also uterine health. 
the health of the uterine lining to get a receptivity to, to pregnancy. Mm. The other thing is the menstrual cycle. We need a really strong follicular phase because that's when the egg's growing, your FSH being released, you need that phase really healthy and we also need a healthy luteal phase we need the progesterone staying high so implantation can occur so a lot of women i see either have late ovulation and a really short luteal phase so they can't get that implantation happening or vice versa short follicular phase we're not getting those follicles developing the way they should so we're not getting the pregnancy that way the other thing that i work a lot with these days i'm seeing more and more is the immune system yes yes because we really need a balanced immune system for the body to accept and to nourish a pregnancy. So we need a certain level of, of natural killer cells to fight off infection and protect the, the growing fetus and, and the embryo. But at the same time, if we have a reactive immune system, which I often see in women with endometriosis, uh, even high histamine levels, uh, allergies, autoimmune conditions, even just a lot of toxins in our environment, you know, yeah. inflammation is high. Our immune systems are reactive, so they're not able to tolerate a pregnancy, so they're too primed. So it's really working on those sort of factors predominantly, and then anything that comes up in their history we'll look at more specifically. Mm. I guess yeah. with um, some of that stuff, Women are more prone to it. Autoimmune disease, for example, we are definitely more prone to develop autoimmune diseases and have that, yeah, I guess, that imbalance of the immune system working against us. And it can affect the quality of the eggs too because the eggs are developing in an inflamed environment. Yeah. So not only are you getting difficulty implanting, you're also getting lower quality eggs because they're developing over those 90 days from their primordial follicle into a mature egg ready for release at ovulation, they're growing in an inflamed environment. So both those factors are really important. And the egg is the number one important thing. You know, men definitely, you know, really important. So always optimise their sperm quality yeah. as well. But when it comes to women, um, I always like to say we are biologically programmed to change our men. Mm. We, we, we get them and we pick <laughs> them up, we find little things that are wrong and we, we, we make them better. And that's what we do as, as women. Our eggs are able to fix little issues with DNA in the sperm. So if we have a not quite so great swimmer but he looks all right, you know, almost husband material, <laughs> we, can, we can fix him up and, and make him work and we can achieve a pregnancy. But as we age, probably similar to women as we age, our energy declines and we just honestly don't have the energy to fix up that sperm. Mm. So as we age, we need a really good quality swimmer. As I said, I don't like them to be swimmers. I want them to be Olympic athletes <laughs> because I don't want there to be anything to fix so that that egg, even if it is slightly poorer quality, it has a great specimen coming along, then we're more likely to achieve a pregnancy uh, by doing that. Is that where you can kind of link more problems possibly occurring to an older um, egg as such, you know, chromosomal defects and things like that because it hasn't had that ability? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Right. So if it's older eggs, we'll work on optimising the environment that it's developing, also the antioxidant capacity, mm -hmm. a look at melatonin, sleep, a lot of factors we can do. So if you are older wanting to conceive, which most people are, yes. I was, a lot of women <laughs> I speak with were, so it's definitely possible to improve that equality and look at the partner as well and 
you know, but toy boys work really well. Not that everyone can go out and get a toy boy, but, you know, younger sperm is going to be um, more optimal for an older egg. But at the same time, there's so much we can do with a man, and they're actually generally, I find, easier to work with. Their, yeah. their changes occur quicker yeah, yeah. because women, we've had our eggs our whole life. With men, they're creating new stuff every, you know, 90 to 150 days. So we're getting a fresh batch come out. So if we can work with their diet over that three-month period, which is what I work with a, a lot of my clients. I've got a lot, a lot of referrals from IVF clinics yeah. for that reason because IVF an amazing technology. Uh, you know, it's helping people get pregnant who otherwise wouldn't have. But it does nothing more than the body would naturally do on its own, and the body's actually probably better at it than, than any technology. So if it doesn't have a good quality egg and it doesn't have a good quality sperm, IVF does not work. And that's mm. a, a misconception that I like to to get out there. Yeah, that people really think, important. oh, there's always IVF. If yeah. I can't conceive, there's always IVF. We'll just do IVF. IVF just puts egg and sperm together, fertilizes them and puts them back. If you don't have good quality egg and sperm, it is not going to help. So for that reason, a lot of clinics do refer me patients because they want to see the best results yeah. for their patients and they can't do that if they're constantly getting poor quality eggs and poor quality sperm. And what about the environment that we're putting it back into? If that environment's still inflamed and unhappy and all that kind of stuff, obviously that's going to impact. Absolutely. If you've got inflamed in uterine environment and they're doing a little, I did a, for my podcast actually, I did an interview with um, Dr. Gemma Evans, who's doing some great research out of Melbourne on AGEs, which are advanced glycation end products. Sounds really fancy, yeah. but it basically, um, pro, the way proteins and sugars mix together, it's yeah. found a lot in caramelized food, barbecued meats, um, high sugary foods, and sugar and protein mixed yeah, together. Wow. So, if avoiding some of those foods, uh, soft drinks as well, high sugar foods can really reduce the inflammation in the endometrial lining and make it more receptive to pregnancy. And there's also factors in seminal fluid mm -hmm. that can help the receptivity to pregnancy. I'm, I'm speaking with Dr. David Sharkey actually in a couple of weeks for a podcast who's working on factors in the male that can help support the female immune response so yeah. yeah lots we can do and lots we can do that's what you know i love working with medical professionals as mm. well because we really should be working absolutely together, it's know? such an it's important point like you know lots of people have been through um or have seen somebody go through the journey in terms of going to the specialists um and, and working with their doctor and all that kind of stuff but there is no reason why we can't be involved and be working together and taking that integrative approach. And I love that you've really taken that on board on your website and made it very clear from like your homepage that yeah. that's what you do, you yeah. know, like you're working with all the factors. Um, I did see too on your podcast, is this the same one? You had um, a podcast about uterine health? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was Dr. Gemma Evans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and she's working on the diet and uterine health. And this it's really great to see that these are researchers, these are yes. specialists, these are yeah. medical <laughs> people. And she, she admits herself she was not in fertility, she was not into diet, she was actually looking at endometrial cancer. Okay. And they found, actually, she goes, that was a bit of a, a bust. It, it didn't affect endometrial cancer, but... It affected fertility. Wow. It affected receptivity of the lining. So the uterine lining is really important to have low inflammation, a nice thick endometrial lining too. I see a lot of uh, women with um, uterine insufficiencies, um, lack of nutrients, even exhaustion, thyroid, mm -hmm. those sorts of things that our body is not going to be focusing 
on providing nourishment to the reproductive system because the ultimate aim of our body is to keep us alive. Yep. So that's where all our energy will be redirected to keeping us alive. So we really need to be thriving in order to for the blood flow to be redirected and focus of our body to be re, re, you know, redirected to, okay, let's create a new, a new life. life. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. That's, yeah. you know, that's really on, um, I guess, how naturopathy can help make babies and make really healthy babies and help IVF and all that kind of stuff. How can we help keep the baby? Because... You know, lots of the time women are getting pregnant. There's a there's a really high risk of miscarriage. Um, yeah. So how can we help keep keep bubble once we've got them? Well, getting your preconception nutrition right is really important. So good levels of I always do a baseline blood test of vitamin B12. Um, check check their folate levels, vitamin D. And when I check, say check folate levels, I don't mean a folate blood test. That can, you probably know, can be very misleading. Mm-hmm. Folate blood test tests all of the folates in the system. So if you're taking your folic acid, it'll check, yeah, you've got some folic acid in your, in your bloodstream, but is it getting to your cells? Is it being metabolized? Is it being effective? So I check homocysteine um, to see if mm-hmm. folate's being properly metabolized and utilized. And, yeah, B12, vitamin D, they're probably my baseline um, tests that I'll do and iron studies. Mm-hmm. I always like to see where the ferritin transfer and where their proper iron is because that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Vitamin D is really important and my reference ranges for vitamin D are, are very different to the yeah. GPs. So I always like to see the blood tests yes. because often they'll go, yep, you're not deficient, you don't have a disease, which is in all fairness all the GPs are looking for. They're looking for either a deficiency or a disease state. But for me, I'm like, no, I want optimal vitamin D because vitamin D, unlike some of the other nutrients, your body, you can pass on a vitamin D deficiency to your bub. So we really need to get your stores right prior Mm. to pregnancy. And it can take three months to do that if you are low in vitamin D because it's fat soluble. So getting your nutrition right, also getting your hormonal status right. Progesterone is so important in that first initial stage of pregnancy. Once you pass that second trimester, your placenta click kicks in and it starts to take over producing progesterone for you. But in that first trimester, you are producing that progesterone. And if you're not producing sufficient progesterone to hold the pregnancy, that's when we can see miscarriage and loss and chromosomal abnormalities and the number one cause of miscarriage. Mm. And so if we can get a better egg, that doesn't have chromosomal abnormalities, then we are more likely to achieve a successful pregnancy. So preconception health is the number one thing to be able to hold a pregnancy and then supplying a good supply of all your nutrients, um, like your folates, and I always recommend folinic acid plus folate, not um, just mega doses of folic acid because you're not going to get that metabolized yep. into your system. I will check their MTHFR mm-hmm. if their homocysteine comes up high. So we're getting that folate into your cells. Um, and I always recommend a good prenatal, um, which is I'm also the director of Zycea, which means life and supplies the prenatal supplement Zycea natal nutrients. So I always get on, people onto a good prenatal yes. um, that not only is in the tablet but it gets into your bloodstream. Yes. So it's all well and good. As you, as you know, there's lots of tablets on the shelf. But, yeah. You know, they've got A to Z of all the nutrients in there. But are they getting into bloodstream? And secondly, are they actually getting into your cells, mm. which is really the most important thing so what, it can be that's used. The point, isn't it? The whole point <laughs> yeah. of it. And yeah. then are you following pregnancies through, like in terms of your work? 
I do follow yeah. a lot of pregnancies through, uh, largely because I see a lot of women who have struggled for a long time. I see a few high-risk pregnancies, so I do see them through. My predominant work is getting people mm-hmm. pregnant, mm-hmm. so that's why I do work a lot with IVF clinics in that getting pregnant phase. But I find a lot of the women, once they are pregnant, they want that hand-holding. They want to make sure that, okay, let's do everything right through the pregnancy as well. And I have to say it's such a joy. When yeah. Bubs are born <laughs> and I get ultrasound pictures and, you know, I, I had a, a um, client the other day who really didn't think she'd get pregnant at all and went through a case history and I thought, I really think we can. And within three months she sent me, the, you know, the test and yeah. just, she was just blown away and it's just, it's that's really why I special. do what I do. It's yep. just so special for people who were struggling because I think the decision to not have children, I absolutely respect. And but if your that decision is taken away from you, that is life changing. Yeah. And I think the education I certainly didn't have any education around it when I was wanting to conceive. Mm-hmm. I just thought you get so much education that. You, it's so easy to pull for pregnant. You need to be so careful. Contraception, da da da. It's such a strong message, which is still a valid yes, message. I'm yes. not, don't get me wrong, but on the flip side, it makes you think, oh, it must be so easy mm-hmm. to get pregnant, and so you don't focus on your fertility until we're, you know, even our 30s, getting married, and possibly looking at having kids towards 35 when our fertility is declining. And IVF at the moment is seen as the answer, and I think it's really important to know that. It only is able to do what the body can do. And even if you do collect, say, 15, 20 eggs, there is still only one that is the best egg. As I said, the body is pretty smart. The body is smarter than any technology I've ever seen. (laughs) And it produces about 100 eggs start the journey at the 90-day mark. And by the 30-day mark, which is when your cycle commences, you've down to about 30 eggs. And then by the end of your cycle, by mid-cycle, when that ovulation happens, you'll be down to one. And mm. survival of the fittest, that is the dominant follicle. That'll be the best of the best of that batch. So mm. as women, we know we refine and we refine and we refine. We start with a big pull and then we spit out the best egg possible. So when you're going through IVF, if you collect 20 eggs, one of them is still the best. Yep. So if that best one is no good, neither will be the rest of the 20. So it's not like you're increasing your chances in a way. You've still got that one dominant follicle because the body just refines and refines from that big pull and spits out the best one it can. Whereas men, it's quite the opposite. They throw everything they can at it, (laughs) thousands and hundreds of thousands, and, yeah, see who who wins the race. (laughs) It's kind of reflective of our – personality traits isn't it in terms I think of it men is. and women <laughs> yeah yeah we just want everything perfect and we start with a big pool and then we refine and we get that very best one and we just release that one and also timing is huge I find that's something I educate women around and I think there was a study recently that was around a quarter of the people turning up at IVF clinics it was really a matter of timing mm. because there's only a 24-hour window where that egg is viable, where it's going down that fallopian tube, where it's reaching, once it's finished that journey, there is no chance of a pregnancy. And prior to that journey, there's no chance mm. of a pregnancy. And sperm can survive up to, you know, up to seven days at the outset, but usually three to four days within the reproductive system. Yeah. So if we don't have sperm in the reproductive system during those 24 hours, then that conception can't occur and I know you know people do apps and things which I I do advocate apps in a way but some of them they say day 14 is Mm, when you ovulate 
and not day 40 is not yeah. when everyone yeah. will be late. So if you are just trying around day 14 every month, you might be missing your window yeah. every single month. And the difficulty with pregnancy, six months can easily go by because that's only six attempts, really. Yeah. You've only got that 24-hour window. So that's why time can pass relatively quickly. So I suggest going to see someone early as you can but also keeping in mind that there may be nothing wrong, so stay positive. (laughs) It is a miracle of life, isn't it? Like you get such a small window to create that, that, yeah, that miracle conception. Like it's amazing. It's fascinating. Like does does it still blow your mind when you're reading this research and it's all coming through? And I know a lot of the research is confirming what we do as naturopaths, right? Yeah. Um, So it's really, really cool. Um, But I'd love to finish with your top three things that you think every woman who is planning to, you know, um, fall pregnant um, within the next few months should do. Where do they start? Well, I always recommend obviously a good prenatal because you really want to be nourishing those eggs as soon as possible. And I even suggest, it sounds funny, I guess, but even take it alongside the pill. If you've got married and Mm. you're still on the pill, what I often find is that women, they'll go off the pill, their hormones go crazy, and they fall pregnant and they miscarry. Yeah. That's because the pill depletes your body of really important nutrients, folate, B6 and B12. It also can thin the uterine lining. So we really want to make sure that we get a good dose of all our nutrients alongside the pill and take it, obviously, throughout your reproductive years. Um, so obviously, zyacinatal nutrients is the one that I recommend, but a good prenatal with choline, folinic acid, and a good dose of vitamin D in your Bs is what you want to be aiming for. Some basic blood tests. So speak to your GP, get your B12, get your homocysteine, get your vitamin D, get your iron studies just to check where your levels are and see if you need to boost anything specifically uh, for you. If things do, and also get a naturopath or someone in functional medicine to read those tests because (laughs) I've seen some really low iron studies and the GP has gone, no, you're fine. And you are, you were fine for yourself, but you are low in energy and you're not in a position to really fuel new life. You know, they're, the development of the, the baby, the organs are, are done by, you know, week 10 of pregnancy. You know, you, you have so much development happening in those first few weeks. A neural tube develops and closes, which mm. if that doesn't work properly, you can be prone to miscarriage or defects. So, so much happens in those first few weeks that getting your nutrition right, so you've got a plentiful supply of available as soon as that conception happens because you don't get a another chance you need to produce that healthy egg and then get those nutrients fueling that growth so get some basic blood tests and they're the ones i'd recommend your vitamin d your b12 homocysteine and your iron studies are the ones i suggest mm-hmm. and the other thing is a bit more naturopathic but eat foods with their own life force that's what I say. Yeah. When, you, when you're wanting that. to create a baby, you want fresh seasonal produce. You want stuff that if you put it on the bench, it's going to go off. Yeah. It's already, it's, it's alive. You know, unfortunately, you put a can of beans, you put a can of tuna on the on the counter, that can go for weeks, that can go for years. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have any life force. So eating food seasonally, eating it as close to the source as you can. I mean, these days we don't know 
what's in season because it's been packed and shipped and frozen and thawed and, and ends up on our supermarket shelves. So we've got access to things all year round. But if that produce did come from America or overseas, it's going to have a lot of shipping and handling on the way. So it's not going to be as, as nutritious as something you picked out of your back garden, nice and fresh. Yeah. So plenty of colour as well, greens, nice vibrant foods and, yeah, as close to the source as you can. I love backyard veggie patches and farmer's markets are my favourite place to get produce. Yeah, so lots of phytonutrients, all those good plant nutrients and antioxidants. Absolutely. And, you know, you can always just get your seasonal fruit and veg box delivered now as well. I I do recommend them a lot, you know, get your organic stuff box delivered and organic's always really great. And I always recommend the clean 15 and dirty dozen. Um, There's a free download on my website um, if anyone's interested in that, but getting organic all the time is really tough. But if you just go with the clean 15, the dirty dozen, which the dirty dozen is your highest pesticide Mm -hmm. load foods and they're I guess they're the more porous ones yeah I saw a skit on play school actually but I think it sums it up really well it was they were they had celery and they had a little pot of blue food dye and they popped the stick in this in the food dye and it absorbed right up through the celery stick and I think that's what you got to think of when you're looking at pesticides that can't be washed off Mm. that is absorbing right up through that celery stick. So it's things like celery, things like grapes, things like strawberries, your berries, anything that's reasonably soft and porous Mm. is going to really absorb the pesticides, whereas bananas, eggplant, things that have got a bit of tougher skin, less likely to absorb the the pesticides. So you can kind of get away with, yeah, having them as not organic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for your time. Like I've just found this fascinating. <laughs> you oh, know, good. I, just, I could talk about it all day. Oh. The whole process of reproduction is fascinating. I still, you know, what what that moment does the heart start beating? What makes the heart start beating? The yeah. fact that we can to bring together two different cells from two different people, bring them together and create a new life, I just is so amazing and I just feel so privileged to play a small role in, yeah. in helping people achieve that. So thanks for having me on thank there and, you. We're gonna and put sharing your... information. Pleasure. Uh, we're going to put your details on the on the show notes if you want to get in contact with Tasha. And if you have any questions about this podcast, you know where to email. And thanks again, Tasha, for your time. Thanks for having me. Bye for now. Bye. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia, and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.